right, I got a few announcements that we want you to remember. Choir practice tonight at 6 o'clock, choir, don't forget that. Youth group and Discovery Club, Tuesday night, 6.30, 8.30. Dollar dog night tonight. Listen, I'm preaching tonight. I won't preach a long time, I promise. I've been preaching all week, so I've, I've, I'm all caught up, okay? So we can come over, we'll, uh, we'll have a, a message this evening, and then we'll enjoy some fellowship over some hot dogs. And if you go over there and put a dollar or two dollars or ten dollars or whatever in the bucket, it'll all help us as we go to High Point Camp. Uh, and that is next week. So young people, this announcement has a red dot next to it in the bulletin, okay? That means we need your forms for High Point. We need them today. We need to know that you're going. If you have any questions at all, you can see Becky. You can come and ask me, and I'm going to say, go see Becky, okay? So if you want to know, you can come talk to me. I can, I've got some answers, but not all of them. But anyway, next uh, Friday night, so Friday night at 6 o'clock, the bus will be leaving. We want you here at 545 so we can get your stuff on the bus, all that good stuff. We are excited about High Point. And the Lord always does amazing things at High Point, so we're looking forward to that. Make sure that you grab a bulletin. There's lots going on in the month of October here at Nottingham Missionary Baptist Church, all the way from clothing giveaway from the Nottingham neighbors, paint night, men's conference, ladies' retreat, harvest tr uh, fest trunk or treat, which we are so excited about. And we need your help in those different areas. So please make sure you get a bulletin. Make sure you know what the announcements are. You've signed up for the different events. Uh, and, uh, and we know where we're going and what we are doing. And we praise the Lord for that. All right, at this time we'll have our ushers come for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And again, I don't mean to push one thing uh, over another. But I am thankful for these outreaches that we have in our church one of them being the Nottingham Neighbors and the clothing giveaway. It is absolutely amazing how many people we see from our community that aren't a part of our church that come here during that. And so I love it. We see them come in. They are uh, talking to our church people. And if you volunteer for that, what an amazing opportunity for you to be in contact with someone who may not have heard the gospel doesn't know what it means to be saved, and you've got an amazing opportunity to minister to them. And then secondly is uh, the trunk or treat that's on October the 28th. We always have so many families from the community here, and so come out, be a part of those. It's a great opportunity, and we really do. We want people on hand at both of those events whose sole purpose is to talk to people that you don't know. So we don't want you to just come there and get in your little group that you always get in, right? We want you to come to that event, see people who you don't know, and talk to them about our church, talk to them about the Lord. So please be ready and uh, willing to help with those events. Thanks so much. All right, I'm going to ask Kurt, if he would, to ask a blessing on the offering.
precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no Uh, just something that uh, was just on my heart all week and um, and a verse of scripture that I read in Romans talking about how even though we knew God and we glorified him not as God and even and neither were we thankful and um, I just I just was resonating with me this week uh, because too often I, I think we neglect to really see our what our problem was <laughs> and is, and, uh, and that's outside of God. We have no hope, and uh, we think we know what's best. We think we do what's best. We think we're good enough, but the fact of the matter is n there's not one of us that are good. There's not one of us that is deserving, and our problem is that we think we are. We think we're, we think we're okay. We either think we're okay or we don't care, and both of it's a problem. Both of it's a problem. If you think you're okay, if you think you've arrived, if you think you're worthy, and it's, and it's a problem if you don't care, because you're just one breath away from eternity. Pulling out this driveway on this nasty rainy day and a truck come along and sideswipe your car, just like that, you could be in eternity, facing judgment. And if you decided to to, to turn away and just not care about God, not care about your relationship with Him, you could spend eternity just like that, forever separated from God. And that's a reality, and that's just because of how, how, how unworthy we are and how bad we are. But thanks be to God, who's, who, who sent His Son, that when we were, uh, when we were sinners, he, he, he died for us. He commended His love for us. That when we were yet sinners, he died for us. Now, I don't, I wish I could articulate how I feel right now. 
and, and, and how just even looking at your faces today, I, I feel like you don't care or you don't get it. I want to worship him today. I want to thank him because I know without him, I'd have no hope. Without him, I'd be lost and on my way to hell. Without him, I'd muddle through life and just Satan picking me off and just the world just devouring me. But I'm so grateful for a God who loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us, to take our place. Now we don't have to die and we can live forever with him. So I just want to praise him today and and I hope that you can realize how close you were or how close you are to eternity in hell and that a good God sent his son to take your place and to die for you. I'm thankful for what he's done.
just the fact that there's a couple of things in there. It starts out with the Macedonian call. And the fact that the Holy Spirit drew Paul and drew Barnabas to a certain area. Because there was people there that needed to hear the gospel. And we're going to look at just three different people that received the gospel and what happened. And the amazing fact of it is that God is always directing us, directing his people, directing his word to land on your heart. I don't know if you realize, it's amazing. When you think about the lengths that he goes to, the things that he has done, just to speak to your heart the truth yes. of the gospel Amen. of Jesus Christ. And it's no accident that you're here this morning, and he absolutely has you on his mind. Yes. And you came in here to hear the words of eternal life in Christ.
not really sure why the Lord is asking me to say something, but two songs ago, he wanted me to speak up, and you suppress it, and then they put a microphone on your face. So clearly, he wants me to say what's on my heart. But we were singing Divine Exchange, and I couldn't help but think, and I've been thinking about Scotty a lot this week. I was able to get away with some friends, and we were able to get to a place that was just away from all the hustle and bustle, right? Just quiet it down, quiet the mind. And, and it's funny, when you're able to do that, you're able to get along with God. And he's able to reveal some stuff to you. The more you get rid of all the worldly stuff, and yeah. the stuff that we carry and the stresses and the burdens and whatever it may be. And I don't know what it was, but throughout this week, it led me to thinking of Scotty. And then we're singing Divine Exchange and we're thinking of me on your mind and all these kind of songs that we've been singing this morning. I couldn't help but replay over and over in my mind the conversation that I had with Scotty after his transformation. After he received Christ in the hospital and able to go up there and know who Scotty was before, but have a conversation all day with the new Scotty, a brother that I've known my entire life and through all the good and the bad. But the reason I got a blessing from it and it keeps replaying in my mind is because one of the biggest things in that conversation that I had with him was he was actually acknowledging how terrible he was before. Acknowledging how terrible of a father he was and how bad of a brother he was. And that all led to just how bad he was in general. And you say, what are you trying to get at, Robbie? The reason I'm saying that is because the old Scotty would never admit to those kind of things. Everyone around him knew the way that he was acting, knew the way that he was living was wrong. But you see, I started to realize in that conversation for the very first time, like it all makes sense how he got to the place in the hospital that he did because he started to realize the weight of his sin. He started to realize who he was. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Christ is gonna deliver you because you can understand your sin and you can ask for forgiveness, but asking for forgiveness is not the same thing as repentance. And I realized when Scotty was talking about how good God is and then he started relating it to how sinful he was. Scotty did not talk the same way. He didn't act the same way. He was not a bad father anymore when he finally got out of the hospital. He was not a bad brother anymore when he finally got out of the hospital. He was speaking Jesus to people. He was speaking Jesus to his family. He was speaking Jesus to his coworkers. And anybody that would ask him about his experience, that is repentance. That is not just feeling sorry. That is saying, Lord, I know where I was, and I know who I was, but you have delivered me, and I am not that person anymore, and I'm going to go this way. And I don't know why the Lord put that on my heart to speak about that experience and speak about that conversation, but it's something I think we can all relate with. And now we're supposed to get up and we're supposed to sing a song called Gratitude, which is a trait that we only get from the Lord. To be able to be grateful that he didn't give us what we deserved. 
and he blesses us with things that we'll never be able to repay. Man, I hope that we have a grateful heart before the word of God is opened this morning. I hope that we can come into his presence with gratitude. Yeah. 
somebody, shake their hand, tell them how good it is to see them here on this rainy, gloomy Sunday. It sure is good to be here. Acts chapter 16, everybody's still kind of getting settled in, finding their place back where they were, Acts chapter 16. Kind of mentioned a little bit, but I was, I got to go down to uh, South Carolina. I was Kogan East at his church there, Pleasant Hill Baptist Church, and me and brother Dale Vance were there. Stephen Cox was there also, and the same kind of conference we had here we did down there and it was wonderful I got to do morning sessions which were more of teaching and then I'd do some preaching in the evening along with those other gentlemen and we had a great time and uh, Nathan and Lisa drove me down there isn't that nice of them that wasn't the only reason they went down there but they did drive me down there and so that was really nice of them and it was nice to not have to drive and uh, so that was awesome and I appreciate all of that uh, I know that when we shift transition from kind of the worship time of the choir singing and everything that's going on it's possible sometimes for our mind to get distracted right but you know what we've come this morning to open up the word of God and there's sometimes that the word of God when the message that's on my heart seems so needful and important for the time and I have a message this morning that is geared towards the lost geared towards someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ this morning as their Savior. It's really my prayer this morning that if you are saved, that you would be praying, that you would say, Lord, use this message. Use this time of worship that has, that has made a heart soft to hear the gospel and use it this morning to, to speak that into it. There are a few things that will apply to you as well. But I, I pray that we'll just have a, an earnestness about the service at hand and that we'll say, Lord, use this time to just speak to a heart that needs it this morning. We are here to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. 
to preach it, to promote it, so that folks would understand what it means to need Jesus Christ and accept them as their Savior. So let's pray that the Lord will use it this morning. Acts chapter 16, I want you to stand with me uh, and let's go down, let's go down to verse number 14. Acts 16, verse number 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. When she was baptized and her household She besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to preach again this morning. You know what's on my heart, dear God, and you know what uh, is in the message. So I pray that you would speak to someone that needs it this morning. Dear Lord, I do believe that that... There's someone, there's possibly many that really don't know Christ as their Savior. Maybe they unknowingly don't know you. Maybe they have a false assurance of salvation. Maybe they are just a little bit uh, oblivious to any of it. Maybe they came in this morning and no one told them that they really need to decide for Christ. That's never been spoken to them. Dear Lord, I'm praying that as we see these illustrations in Acts chapter 16, folks receiving Jesus Christ, understanding what it means to be saved, and having their lives transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray, dear God, that they would desire that. I pray that they would say, Lord, I need that. Lord, I I, I want that. I want to have Christ as my own. Use the word of God mightily today. Bless it in an unusual way this morning. Your Holy Spirit has already met with us. Our worship time has been sweet. So, dear God, we pray that it would move itself and lend itself this morning to the presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your wonderful name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We've been moving through the book of Acts. And we spoke last time on a Sunday morning that I preached from the book of Acts in chapter number 15. And we noticed that there were some decisions that had to be made in the church. We noticed that it left us at a place at the end of chapter number 15 where Paul and Silas, who had finished their first missionary journey had reported to the church about it, left them with a great decision, but yet as they go to embark on their second missionary journey, that Paul and uh, Barnab- or Paul and Silas are looking at it, and Silas wants to take Mark. Paul says Mark has not been faithful to us, and so they go in separate directions. And Paul goes out with Barnabas, and he goes to... Uh, or excuse me, goes out with Silas. I got that a little bit backwards there. That happens sometimes with all the names. But Paul heads out with Silas, and Barnabas takes Mark. But what I find beautiful about this passage of Scripture, and I just want to make note of it as we move ourselves into the 
message part is in, chap in verses 1 through 5 of this passage, Paul finds Timothy. And if you know anything about the scriptures, Timothy is going to be such an important person to Paul. He is going to be what he calls his son in the faith, that he trains up, that he brings along the way, who is faithful, who does all of this work. And isn't it just like God that when we maybe are down about something else, maybe somebody let us down or something happened that maybe discouraged us a little bit, isn't it just like God, just in case you were wondering, like the song said, he cares about you, he knows where you're at. I used to get all hung up and say, we don't want to be selfish and act like God's always thinking about us. But I've come to realize this, that my God is so powerful and so amazing that he doesn't have to stop what he's doing to spend all of his time thinking about me. Isn't that amazing? He can think about you all of the time, and he can think about me all of the time at the same time. That doesn't make any sense, does it? But it does in God's equations and the way God works. And so, yes, without a shadow of a doubt, he's thinking about Paul, and he knows that he's broken, and he sends Timothy. The other thing that I point out about that is, isn't it amazing when we mentor someone in the faith, this is the part that's for you Christians here this morning, how that, that actually means just as much to us as the person that we disciple. Don't think that discipling is a chore that God has asked you to do. No, it's a blessing that God has given you to participate in. We are to be disciple makers, not because we're this great person that can change everybody's life. It's because God also wants to encourage you along the way. Paul needed Timothy and he was sent to him at just the time that he needed him. And so we see in our passage of scripture as well that as Paul is here and they are asking and praying about where God would have them to go, we see that in verses 6 through 11, we see what's famously known as the Macedonian call. And Paul is saying, Lord, should we go over here and preach? And the Holy Spirit forbids them to go. And in a vision in the night, Paul receives a vision of a man of Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. Again, I don't want to preach. These are kind of sliding us into the introduction of what we're going to preach but I do want to say this, that as we go forth with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it needs to be spirit-led. There are places, this is a little bit tough, but we actually read this from the scripture and we have the liberty to say this. There are places that God is either not ready or it's not time or for whatever reason that the gospel, it's not time for it to go there yet. That's hard to understand sometimes. I understand the parable of the sower, and I definitely believe that we should sow the seed of the word of God liberally. But we should also take note that if there are those who are rejecting the gospel of Jesus Christ, that maybe we should double our efforts in another place. And I know this is hard to say, but be careful that we don't sow our pearls before swine. Amen? The word of God is clear about some of those things. I'm not saying that we give up praying on people. I'm not saying that we forget those things. But I'm also saying that the Holy Spirit led Paul exactly to where he, wanted, where he was supposed to be. 
And I don't know about you, but I want to see fruit for my labor as well. So I want to be where God wants me to be. And so they prayed diligently and they prayed earnestly. And God sent them with the gospel. This is what the whole book of Acts is about. With the gospel of Jesus Christ to this area of Macedonia so that they could preach the gospel. And here's the entire message this morning. I really should be able to do it quite quickly. But you'll notice that as we go through this, in verses 12 through 14, Lydia accepts Christ. In verses 16 through 24, there is a damsel who is freed from the demons in her life and given liberty by Christ. And then in verses 25 through 34, there is the famous Philippian jailer who receives Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. We have three different people here who receive salvation from Jesus Christ by the voice and the testimony of the Apostle Paul who is being faithful witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of that, we see three very different individuals who receive Christ in very different ways. Did you realize that? That people receive Christ you're, you might, some of you might be going, no, no, we only get saved one way. Yeah, we only get saved one way through Jesus Christ. But the way that he calls us, the way that he draws us, the way that he speaks to us, guess what? It is almost as different as the individuals that are in front of us. You know why? Because he was thinking about you. And he knows what you need. And I don't know. I'm hoping and I'm praying this morning. That one of these, you'll relate to it. and Maybe for the first time ever, you'll relate to one of them and go, Oh my word, that sounds like me. And you might say like that song. When you wrote that, was I on your mind, Jesus? Let me tell you, you were. You were. Maybe you're here this morning and it'll just remind you of when you got saved. And you will say one more time, I know I was on his mind. And you'll rejoice that somehow the king of all heaven and the Lord of God that created heavens and earth has been mindful of you all the time. And you'll sit back in awe and wonder and say, wow, I'm so thankful that I'm ever on his mind. So let's look at them real quick this morning. Number one, Lydia. We already read this passage of scripture. And it says to us there in verse number 14, and I can tell you, this is always, I don't know why, been one of my favorite passages of scripture. But verse number 14, I'll read it again. And a certain woman named Lydia. Well, I got to back up. Let's go back. Sorry. I'm sorry. You're, you're with me though, right? Amen. Go back to verse number 12. So they receive the Macedonian call. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony, and we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. 
that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. I want to describe for you just briefly here this woman, Lydia. We see in this passage of scripture that as Paul and Silas head to Macedonia, we understand and we know because we've talked about this so much, that what did the apostles typically do when they went into a town to preach the gospel? They go into a town and on the Sabbath day they would go to the synagogue. I don't know what's going on, but we are heading into a completely different region and into a completely different group. I think it might be safe to assume that there was no synagogue in Macedonia. That there was no synagogue in this place of Philippi. And if there was, for whatever reason, Paul and Silas did not feel like they would be welcome there. And so what did they do? On the Sabbath day, they went to where they knew people would be worshiping God. Maybe these people needed to go to the outside because that's what it tells us right from the scripture. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. They said, we know that if we go out here, that by the riverside, there's some people who are seeking God. That's the first thing that I want you to notice about Lydia. She was seeking God. There are a lot of people who are seeking God. They're not exactly aware of what they're looking for. They're not exactly sure what they're going to find when they get there. But they understand and they are aware that there is something that is moving inside of them, something spiritual, something that's bigger than them, something that might even be supernatural. And so they're looking for God. They're looking for spirit-filled things. They're looking for something to satisfy the deep longings of their soul. Can I just stop for a moment though and say this? Be careful in the present world that we live in because the gratitude of the flesh and the self gratification that we receive in this world starves out the things of the soul. Are you listening to that really quick? Satan's best tool right now that he has in our society is to starve out spiritual things by keeping you satisfied with fleshly things and the things that just instantly gratify you and just make the moment pass. And that's where we live, right? I need that now. I want that now. I receive that. Oh, I like that. I'm going to go get it again. And instead of ever nurturing our spirit, or even considering the things of our soul, we move from one instant gratification to the other. And every once in a while, here's what happens. Listen, please help me this morning. Every once in a while what happens is the Holy Spirit starts to knock and tug and pull on your heart. Maybe you come into a service like this, and the fact, just for a moment, you think about the fact, does God really love me? Does Christ really care about me? Are those things really true? Is there a deeper purpose? But before we can even get out of the song service, Satan plants something else in your mind. What am I going to eat for lunch? And you might think that's silly. It's a gratification of the flesh. And we're immediately going, well, what are we going to get for lunch? I'm hungry. I need that now. I wish he would stop preaching so long because I'm hungry right now. And I know you might be thinking that's just silly, but there is a reason why, reason why the Word of God speaks about fasting. 
Because if you can say no to one gratification of the flesh, you can say no to other gratifications of the flesh. And you make room for the spirit to start to move in your life. And you can think about it. And that's what Lydia was doing. She was like, I want to know about God. I want to know about prayer. I want to know about something real. And she goes out there on the Sabbath day, and here she is. She finds that she was seeking something. The other thing, and I got to keep preaching. I got to move on. Boy, that wasn't even a part of it. I don't even know where that came from. But anyway, so she was seeking. She was looking. And maybe that's you this morning. But maybe... I think the, the other danger part of that is maybe every time your heart is moved at all, that you can feel that there's something that stamps that out and says, no, don't think about that. No, no, no. Don't give place for that. Oh, what are we going to do this week? Where are we going to have fun? Let's, let's find something that makes us feel good. And we move our mind quickly to the next activity, to the next pleasure. We give no room for the spirit. She was seeking something. The Bible then says that she opened. This is all I want to look at in this. She opened. Well, it doesn't even say she opened it. Look at that. Whose heart the Lord opened. As she attended to the things that were spoken of by Paul. Now, I'm not trying to say that I'm the Apostle Paul, but we are reading the Acts of the Apostle. But would we just allow ourselves for a moment to attend to what the Word of God is saying? Just maybe for the first time, God would open up your heart so that you would see how magnificent Jesus Christ is. So you would see how real His love is for you. Would you just attend for a moment not be distracted by what's coming up next. Not be distracted by the person next to you, by the things that are going. It doesn't matter. Would you for a moment let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart? And to it. And she was saved. Hmm. The thing that's so true about this is it was so necessary, and I have to point this out. It was so necessary to hear the words of Paul spoken because I know Paul was going to preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ to her. That's what he comes to do, doesn't he? When he goes, wherever he goes, on the Sabbath day, he walks in and he says, you guys are serving God, looking for God. Let me tell you about his son, Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what just happened a few, a few years ago in Jerusalem. I want to tell you all about it. This is what God's son, Jesus Christ, has done. And he's purchased redemption for you. And she said, that's it. That's what I've been looking for. Is Jesus Christ what you've been looking for? Have you ever heard it said that? Have you ever just opened your heart to, to realize? And maybe, maybe sometimes you think, yeah, it would be nice to follow the Lord like that. You know, boy, that's, that's something. You ever look around and you see somebody and they, they're in love with Jesus Christ and you go, that would be nice to be in love with Christ like them. You can be. If you seek him, you will find him. If you knock, it will be open. It's not Christ's fault. It's not because of any. It's you. You're holding back. You're, you're hindering the spirit in whatever way. 
Jesus Christ, he's there. He's ready to be found. He's looking for you. He's speaking to you. Open your heart to receive. I got to keep going. Number one, Lydia. Number two, there's the damsel that we see. Verse number 16. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her, came out the same hour. When her master saw the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and under the rulers. You can go and read the rest of it, but that's not our point of our message. Our point is this young lady. Here is a young lady. We don't even have her name in here. She's just a damsel. We don't know who she is there and that she caught those that uh, she had a demon that was living inside of her. And she had, that was what she was known for and that was what she was known by. And maybe that is the way that you feel in the world as well. As if you are nameless. Just, just go down the thing. I don't have to make the applications. I'm gonna, you can just make them for yourself this morning. Maybe you feel like you don't matter. Maybe you feel like you're bound by sin. And sin absolutely is possessing your life and holding your life. Maybe there is at times in your life, and I'm not afraid to speak it because the Word of God talks about it. Maybe you feel demonic oppression on your life moving you and doing things and bringing you to a place where you feel like you cannot respond to Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that Jesus Christ is more powerful than all of those things. It does not matter what sin is in your life. It doesn't matter how hopeless you feel or how nameless you feel. Jesus Christ is still the answer for those things. Now, I want to be clear. Coming down to an altar and saying a prayer and saying, Jesus, save me, doesn't magically change your life into perfect and make those things disappear. But again, the one who comes and follows Jesus Christ and with a sincere heart repents of the sin and looks towards Christ to save him and looks to the word of God to live a different life will find there is life and life more abundant. They'll find those things to be true. And it doesn't matter if you think nobody knows who you are. Maybe you walked into church this morning and you felt pretty small because maybe nobody shook your hand. Nobody even noticed as you made your way. And I know how that stuff works too. It seems like the the lower we get, the more we sneak into church, right? It's like we're trying not to be noticed. But then the fact that nobody noticed us makes us feel worse instead, doesn't it? We play out in our minds how it ought to be, and when those things don't work out, we feel small and disappointed, and we say, well, maybe I shouldn't go back to church. Maybe there's nothing there for me. I can tell you that in Jesus Christ is everything that you need. And you know what? I might not know your name this morning, but Jesus Christ knows your name. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knows how many hairs are on your head. 
He knows the things that discourage you. He knows the things that scare you. And he so desperately wants to give you hope. Why do I know that? Because he went to a cross on Calvary and died in your place to give you hope. And he rose. He conquered the greatest fear that every one of us have. Death itself. For those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it is but a shadow that we walk through. Oh, he cares about you this morning. Lastly, let's look at the jailer. Verse number 25. Skip too many. There we go. You know the story, don't you? I'm not going to read those. You can read those from the scripture. You know the story. They throw Paul and Silas in jail. At midnight, Paul and Silas sing praise to Jesus Christ, right? And the prison is shaken, and all of the prisoners are going every which direction. And the jailer comes down there, and he knows that because he's lost the prisoners and because everything is gone, that it's going to cost him his life. And he wonders what he's going to do. And Paul says, listen, don't hurt yourself. We're all here. Everything is fine. And he, and he yells out one of the most famous lines in all of the Bible, right? Men and sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, we understand, don't we, that he means literally, doesn't he? I'm in a bad spot. and What do I need to do to get out of it? You know what I've found being a pastor, which is as crazy almost 20 years now, is that people start calling on Jesus when they get in a tight spot. Maybe your religion this morning is because something is breaking down in your life. Something's not working right, and you've decided, you know what, maybe a little Jesus would help. Well, a little Jesus won't help. But a lot of Jesus will change everything. And you know what? If you came because you have a problem or because of an issue or because of whatever, you know what? I'm glad you came. I'm not going to rebuke you. Paul doesn't rebuke the Philippian jailer, does he? As a matter of fact, here's what happens. He asked a physical question and Paul gave him a spiritual answer. Guess what? You might have come in with a physical problem. You might have come in with a problem with your family or a problem because you're sick or a problem because you don't have any money or all of these different things. But I will tell you that what we have to do is start with the spiritual and then let God work into moving the physical in your life. We got to start there. We got to start with the greatest need. And I know that it's probably the least thing, because I've seen that too. Folks come in, they got a problem. Trust me, I've been there. Oh, can the church help us? We, we have this problem and this problem. We help a little, but then at some point we're trying to help people get on their feet on their own. I'm just being real honest with you this morning. And then guess what? They get mad at you because you wouldn't give them no more money. And then they don't come anymore. But what we really want to help them is with their greatest need first. That's Jesus Christ. And then guess what? God is going to start to bless with those other needs as well. And here's what Paul says to him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. I still believe 
But that is the starting point of everything. You might say, well, that didn't, that didn't help his problem. It did help his problem. It helped all his problems. Changed his direction. Changed his thought process. Even if they had come in and killed the Philippian jailer because he let them all go, now he's on his way to heaven. As a matter of fact, I love to point this out, and I'm just going to do it this morning. Isn't it amazing when we get to the book of Philippians and in chapter number 4, and I can't remember if it's chapter 4, 4 or 4, 16. It's right in there somewhere like that, that Paul writes to the church at Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Don't you think that Philippian jailer was pretty excited when he read that and said, man, I'm glad that Paul rejoices whether he's in the jail or whether he's in good standing with everybody that he praises the Lord no matter what. It changed their entire going. Lydia, the Philippian jailer, and the damsel whose life was turned around is receiving a letter from Paul many years down the road at their little church in Philippi. They're remembering and thanking God that Paul was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what about you this morning? Did you open your heart? Did you attend to the word of God? Maybe for the first time. Has he come to break some chains in your life? Has he come to break some sin? Would you call upon the name of the Lord? Would you believe on him? Would you trust him? Trust him. And I'm not talking about like, you know, some wishful, hoping, oh, 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 trust. I mean talking about going out the next day and say, I'm going to live according to this word and trust that it's best for my life. Trust him with your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Daryl, come get a song ready or whatever you need to do. We want to have an invitation this morning, inviting you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Did the Word of God speak to you this morning? Maybe you're here as a believer and you heard that first part and you said, God, I need to be spirit-led in my witnessing. Come and ask God to help you with that. Maybe you're here this morning, and like Lydia, you have been looking. And even coming to church hasn't quite satisfied it. And you still need more. Let me tell you, you can accept Christ as your Savior this morning. You can start a new life walking in Jesus Christ. You can do that this morning. Maybe you feel like nobody even knows who you are. And I encourage you this morning that the King of Glory knows your name. He's looking for you. Would you call upon the name of the Lord? Maybe you came this morning because there are. There's just problems in your life. Let's start with Jesus and go from there. Your Heavenly Father, use the Word of God. Use the message. We, you can do greater things than we can do. So we're just going to trust you with this invitation that if there's a lost person here, they wouldn't wait. They wouldn't be distracted. That they would give a moment of time to be attentive to spiritual things, to the soul. In Christ's name we pray, amen. As we stand and Daryl's going to sing. When I see the sunrise in the morning